This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day. Because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the four pillars of being a selfish mom, the four things that really make moms tick if we can get all four of these things working in unison. We're also going to talk a little bit about the controversy of the title of my podcast, which I'm excited to dive deep into. So stay tuned. We have a lot of fun planned for today, and I can't wait to have you listen in. Okay, so first things first. I have to tell you, controversy and conflict make me super uncomfortable. Confrontation is like my worst nightmare. It makes my skin crawl. So this funny thing happened when I started talking about my new podcast, The Selfish Mom Academy. A lot of people were like, oh yeah, that's great. I love it. I love you're using the word selfish and moms. And that was very validating for me. And I was like, oh yes, pat on the back. Well done, Sarah. You picked something that everyone loves. And then a few people said they didn't love it. And that made me really nervous and uncomfortable. So historically, I'm someone who carries a lot of like guilt and just discomfort and stress and anxiety if I feel like someone's dissatisfied with something. And I've worked on that a lot over the years. I've had to work on it as I've built up businesses. I've had to get a little bit thicker skin. So I started diving in a little bit and thinking like, why am I upset that some people don't approve of this name? And their reasonings were really great. They actually had some really compelling arguments. So some of the things I heard were, you know, why would you use the word selfish in relation to motherhood? And why would you suggest that moms taking care of themselves is selfish? And why would you choose a word that has such negative connotations? Because then you're saying that it's negative that we're putting ourselves 
first before our families. Or you're saying that self-care as a mom is a selfish thing and that might happen at the expense of someone else in our family. And that doesn't feel very good. And this feedback was really valuable and I actually really understood it. And culturally, selfish is a negatively connotated word. And so it totally made sense that that name could come off a little bit abrasive. So this is where I started to dig a little bit deeper. And I thought I was like, oh my gosh, like, am I really going to encourage like a revolution of just really self-centered people who don't care about other people? Because that certainly is not my goal. So I started digging a little deeper because I knew in my heart that I did not want to change the name and I wanted to include selfish. That was really essential for me. That's a big piece of this whole thing that the word selfish is a critical part of the puzzle. And the word selfish is a critical component of motherhood for me. So I dug a little deeper and started putting pieces together and I realized, oh, wait, this is a cultural context kind of a thing. Selfish has a negative connotation because we've given it one, just like little girls being called bossy for so many years, for generations had a negative connotation. And now we're starting to see that shift. Same thing with women in power, being powerful as a woman also like kind of an uncomfortable thing. And that was like not something that's been socially accepted in many contexts, again, for generations. So there are these words and these constructs in which we use them that can be uncomfortable and that can have a negative connotation with them. And selfish is one of those words. So the definition of selfish is to be concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. Yes, please. Let's be chiefly concerned with our own pleasure as mothers. This is crucial. Let's walk away from the cultural standards that are set up around this word. I'm totally cool with someone saying that I'm bossy, but you know what? 20 years ago, not so much. That was really uncomfortable. And by the way, I've been bossy my entire life. Same thing with the idea of being powerful. You know, 20 years ago, I wanted someone to take care of me. I dreamt of like being a stay-at-home mom and having a husband bring in the paycheck. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I did not want to be in a position of power. And now I'm like, can I please be the breadwinner? Like comparing my husband, you know, we both had our own businesses for many, many years together. And I was like, how much did you bring in this year? And where do I stand compared to that? And what point do I surpass what, how much you're bringing in? And when can I be like the breadwinner of the family? So again, a, kind of a positive thing for me over time. And so now we come back to selfish. Selfish is a positive thing. The cultural context in which we use the word selfish has not historically been positive. But let's change that. Let's be cool with being chiefly concerned with our own pleasure. Because that's the life that allows me to live in my passion and allows me to serve other people and serve other women and serve my family. And I live a life as much as possible from a standpoint of how can I serve others? Because that really, really fills me up. So yes, I would also say I'm very selfish, but I'm selfish in a way that allows me to live most of my life in a very selfless way. So I want to start playing with those words a little bit and playing with how comfortable we are with them because I'd love to change the cultural context of the word selfish. So I'd love your feedback on that because I know it can be an uncomfortable thing for people. And I want to know like, what does selfish mean to you? And historically, what has that meant to you? And where do you think that stands in conjunction with motherhood? So on this podcast, I'm going to be sharing a lot of the ways that I am selfish and how that works to my advantage and how that works to my family's advantage and the advantage for my business and for my success and for my happiness. I know it's hard for other moms to embrace selfishness, and that's what I want to help you with because the pursuit of mommy martyrdom is real. It is a thing, people. <laughs> like the idea of being a martyr 
sign me up. You know, it's constant. Like, can I please be the room mother and the president of the PTA and have a successful career and clean my own house and make dinner every single night and be the best wife ever and be an amazing daughter that takes care of my aging parents and like all these things. Please let me be a mommy martyr and tell me I'm not alone because I know that I'm not. So the pursuit of mommy martyrdom is real. And let's just bring it down a notch. Being selfless requires more accolades than being selfish. And at what expense? We lose ourselves because we're trying to live up to all this mommy martyr stuff. So let's just pull in the reins a little bit on that and focus on being a little bit more selfish so that we actually can be the things that we want to be to the people that we want to be those things for. Did that make sense? It's kind of a mouthful. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school.
All right. So what I've learned is that when I'm completely selfless, I'm pretty worthless to everyone. I'm impatient. I'm unhappy. I'm short-tempered. For those of you who have never seen me before, I'm a redhead with a lot of freckles. I'm a Scorpio. I'm a firstborn. So in so many ways, I'm wired to be cranky, impatient, and emotional, and just kind of like your worst nightmare, maybe, as a spouse, as a friend, and all sorts of things. So I can't afford to be selfless because I have these parts of just that are ingrained in me that make me really unpleasant to be around if I'm not being selfish. So I have to be selfish in order to serve others because otherwise I'm too miserable and I make everyone else around me miserable. You can ask my family about that. So let's dive into the four pillars of selfish motherhood. These are the four things that I've been putting together over the last three years since becoming a mom. And this is where I think the magic happens. I've learned to live my life from a more selfish place so that I can actually live my life from an improved selfless place. So the first pillar of selfish motherhood is self-care. This is an easy one to neglect. And I think I'm lucky because I came from a background where taking care of myself was so significant. So my background is in fitness. I have been a personal trainer for many years now, and it's always just been a habit to exercise and eat well and those kinds of things. I'm not saying I always loved it. I'm definitely not like the trainer who loves working out a million hours a day, but it is something that's definitely a part of what makes me me. And if I'm not exercising and eating well, I can be kind of a nightmare. So self-care for me is something that has been deeply ingrained for me for a long time, but it became much more challenging after becoming a mom. So self-care as a pillar of selfish motherhood is essential. You have to have routines around taking care of yourself that should include some sort of regular exercise. So it might be like all out hardcore CrossFit kind of stuff, or it might be like restorative activities, like taking walks or going to yoga or those kinds of things. But there should be some sort of routine around movement where you have time to yourself and space for yourself and you get to recharge and rejuvenate because exercise definitely provides a lot of rejuvenation. I know if you're not someone who exercises regularly right now, that might not sound restorative to you, but it's actually very restorative once you start doing it on a regular basis. Other restorative activities like taking baths, going out for a massage or a pedicure or a girls night or a date night or giving yourself some time to read a good book or watch some bad TV. Don't get, start, get me started on bad TV. My credibility will go out the window if you know the kind of TV that I love to watch while sipping a glass of wine, which also, by the way, is restorative activity, that glass of wine. So it is good for you. Don't be fooled. Don't let me ever take it away from you. I promise I won't. You also need to have habits that fuel you. So thinking about the foods that you eat, not just eating the stuff that you make for your kids because it's easy. What are the foods that really truly fuel you? And we'll talk more about that on another episode. We'll really dive into getting this food and exercise piece dialed in in a way that works for you, that allows you to have some routines around taking care of yourself that really do feel restorative to you. Also having hobbies. What kind of hobbies do you have? You know, what was really interesting is when I started to make a list of hobbies for this recording, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I have any. How do I record a podcast about self-care and having hobbies when I couldn't even identify any hobbies? So I started thinking of some, the first thing I thought of was gardening and I hate gardening, but maybe you love gardening and that's awesome. So that should be one of your hobbies. Some people love crafting. Some people love book club. And I actually, as a hobby, I am such a nerd. I love personal development books. So that is definitely a hobby of mine. I have a stack of like 30 of them next to my bed. I order them on Amazon much more quickly than I can ever read them. 
It might be something like knitting. It might be seasonal sports or seasonal activities like water skiing or snowboarding or stand-up paddleboarding. So the second pillar of selfish motherhood after self-care is the pursuit of your passions. You have to define what you love and invest time in that area. So for you, that might be climbing a corporate ladder. That might be your passion. It might be building an online business. It might be pursuing a new hobby in pursuit of a part-time job kind of situation. So maybe something like photography or making baby clothes. I recently met this woman who's making baby clothes as her new part-time job. Oh, it's just the cutest stuff. And I had this little twinge of jealousy, like, oh, wouldn't it just be so fun to sew baby clothes all day? I can't sew it at all to save my life. But making those kind of passion projects part-time pursuits so that eventually maybe they could be a career kind of a thing. Establishing goals and breaking them down into small attainable steps in pursuit of your passion is super essential. So regardless of whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're in a job that you don't love, or maybe you are in a job that you do love, but you just have goals within that, you always want to be establishing like, what are the things I need to be doing to allow me to push more into my place of passion? And so it might be going deeper into what you already are into, and it might be starting to make some lists and take some steps to change gears a little bit and to move toward that thing that you really have always wanted to do, but you've never quite allowed yourself to head in that direction. And doing two to three things every day that move you closer to those goals that are within your passion. So if you know that eventually you want to go back to work in a certain field, what are two to three things that you can do every day to get you just a tiny bit closer? It might just be like reading an article about this profession. It might be getting a book about it. It might be talking to someone who's already doing that. Or if you're in a job that you love and you want to keep moving forward in that job, what are two to three things that you can be doing on a regular basis that will allow you to continue to move forward toward that pursuit of passion? It might even be that you ignore 20 or 30 chores, quote unquote chores in your home so that you can actually do these two or three little things every day that get you closer to whatever your goal might be. So we'll talk about this on another episode, but it's really essential that if you want to pursue your passion you let go of some of the other stuff to make space for your passion. I know that when I was staying home with my son when he was teeny tiny, if I was bogged down in laundry, I couldn't do anything to move my businesses forward. So there was a period of time where I stopped doing a lot of stuff. My dining room table became a huge mess. Someday I'll tell you the story of the biggest fight my husband and I ever got into, and it was all about the piles on the dining room table. And I just told him, the short scope of the story here is, I just told him I'm not cleaning up the dining room table right now, And I might not clean it up for 18 years because right now I want to work on my business and I want to keep this baby alive. And that that's like as much room as I have in my life. I have the capacity for nothing else right now. So I will say now three years later that I do do a much better job keeping the dining room table cleaned off. But at that time I was like, absolutely not. I'm not putting that on my list of things to do. So the second pillar of selfish motherhood is the pursuit of your passion. You have to build that into your daily life and you have to create space for that. It will not happen on its own. You have to create space. I had to create space for this project, for this selfish mom Academy. And that was a challenge. I had to make it happen though. I couldn't just think like, Oh, I'm just going to do a podcast and let me get a microphone and get started. No, like I had to move some things around. I had to shift things with my child's life. I had to shift things with my local business. I have a gym in Seattle. I had to shift things with that. I had to do a lot of things to create space for this because I knew I really, really wanted to do it. And it took course over the course of a few months where I just took these little steps on a very regular basis to make space for this project, because this is a huge passion of mine to be able to reach out and connect with other moms who are going through similar things that I'm going through and who have maybe found it to be a challenge because I will tell you this whole motherhood thing. Oh, wow. Definitely not easy. Definitely a bit of a challenge. So the third pillar 
of selfish motherhood is dedicated family time. This is so important. And this is probably the hardest one for me. Like I can take care of myself. I'm pretty good with self-care stuff. I'm good at pursuing my passions. Dedicated family time where you shut off all the other stuff is a challenge for me because my mind does not turn off when it comes to my passions. So putting my phone away, turning off my thoughts about what emails I need to reply, all those kinds of things, big challenge for me. But dedicated family time is so essential. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And scheduling uninterrupted family time is really important. You have to make sure that the family time that you have is high quality, especially if it's not really frequent. Oftentimes, it's just a little bit of time in the morning and a little bit of time in the evening. So the great news is there's a lot of research now. And the largest scale longitudinal study came out about this in April of 2015 in the Journal of Marriage and Family. And it's not about the quantity of time that you spend with your children. It's about the quality of time that you spend with your children. So if you work full time, totally fine, as long as you still have quality family time outside of that. So you're not harming your child by working, but just make sure that when you do have family time, that it's quality family time. The study was great because they found that there's no correlation between small amounts of time between parents and kids and poor outcomes, what they found is that there is a definite correlation between good quality time with families and between parents and kids 
and positive outcomes in terms of different levels of success later in life and higher scores on testing and those kinds of measures. They found that this was especially critical when teens spent time with both of their parents together. So family meals, for example, were very positively correlated with having less likelihood of drug abuse and alcohol abuse and engagement in risky and illegal behaviors. So just something as simple as scheduling family time to eat dinner together every night with both parents or whatever your arrangement in your household might be. So it might be that you're a single parent household as I was growing up and then one parent sits down and eats dinner. Or it might be that you have multiple generations in one house and you're sitting down eating dinner. Whatever that family time is for you, that's going to look different from one family to the next, but making sure that it's quality family time and that it's on a somewhat predictable schedule and somewhat predictable level. So dedicated family time is essential. Putting away phones, having primary caregivers involved, present and present in every way, and then talking and engaging and playing and laughing and conversing and acknowledging each other. Super, super essential. I know that this is one of the things we've talked about a lot at my house is doing family dinners. And I've got to say, family dinners with a three-year-old are really not fun. So it's been kind of a struggle. I'm home during dinner most nights of the week, and I do dinner with my son a lot. But the three of my husband and my son and I sitting down together, I have to tell you, it's a little bit of a sacrifice. We don't love to do it. But we are starting to do it more and more because we do want that time of connectedness with our family. It's really essential. And I love that the research supports that because it makes it a lot easier for me to keep pushing forward and keeping that as a consistent goal. So the last pillar of selfish motherhood is humor. Because let's be honest, none of this is clean or easy. It's actually really messy and it's not graceful. I have to tell you, this is never pretty. In fact, as I'm recording this, this morning was like complete chaos. I left my son in a puddle of tears. We're leaving town in an hour. No, we're leaving town in 50 minutes, five zero. I have not packed one single thing. So this is like a frantic kind of a day for me. It's not pretty. It's not graceful, but I'm totally laughing. I already know that I'm going to forget something. In fact, the last trip that I went on, I got to the hotel and I immediately had to go to the Rite Aid and buy a toothbrush, toothpaste, a brush, like all these things that I forgot. I actually even recently, we have Amazon now here in Seattle. And I recently had to have Amazon now deliver me tampons within an hour because my son was napping and I couldn't go to the store. So this is what it looks like on a daily basis chaos happens and your life gets ahead of you and you're like, oh wait, I didn't buy tampons. So I'm going to have them delivered. Thank God for Amazon now. I'm so grateful that I live in Seattle. So I hope you enjoy that little anecdote because I almost posted it to Facebook and then I was like, no, that's weird to talk about tampons on Facebook, but we can talk about that on the Selfish Mom Academy. So expect messes, expect it to be imperfect and then laugh about it. I love the idea of things just completely falling apart and then turning into a really good story. And that's a lot of where the Selfish Mom Academy even came from, was that I have been telling stories about these funny things that have happened in my motherhood experience. And people started saying like, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. None of my experiences are super special. I just love talking about them because they're so hilarious. So I will be sharing a lot about that on the podcast. So look at your situations, look at the things that make you cry and then think back and think like, how can I totally start cracking up about this? I'll leave you with this. This was a really tough day for me. Two years ago, we were visiting my husband's family in Oregon and it was Christmas day. It was the first Christmas in 38 years that I was not with my mom on Christmas. And we were in a hotel trying to get my son to take a nap and he was not taking his nap. And I was getting super frustrated 
And I finally said to my husband, I was like, I'm going to go to the hotel gym and work out because I was like a ball of anxiety. And I was disappointed I wasn't with my mom. I was frustrated that my son wouldn't take a nap. It just didn't feel like Christmas to me. So I go to the hotel gym and I sit on a bench instead of working out. I sit on a bench crying and I'm crying and feeling bad for myself. And I finally look up and I'm going to get ready to work out. I look up and there's a security camera literally like pointing right down on the bench that I'm sitting on. And I'm thinking... There's someone in the lobby watching this sad woman sitting in the gym crying on Christmas Day. And literally like two or three minutes later, as I finally like collect myself, I hear my son walking down the hall in the hotel and I hear him like, mama, mama, like chit chatting down the hall coming down to the gym, trying to find me in, in the moment. It was kind of a traumatic experience, but looking back, I'm like, yeah, I'm the chick who first of all decides to work out in the middle of the afternoon on Christmas Day because who does that? And then I end up being like, there's camera footage of it and I'm crying and it's just this big messy thing. And in the end, it was all fine. We went and spent the rest of the day with my husband's family, which was great. And I talked to my mom on the phone and she had a great day with family in where she lives in Spokane. And she was not missing me nearly as much as I was missing her. I know she missed me, but she wasn't heartbroken the way that I was worried that she was. So it all worked out and it made for a good story. So if you've ever been crying in a hotel gym on Christmas day, please message me and let me know. I'd love to hear about it. So those are your four pillars of selfish motherhood, self-care, pursuit of your passions, dedicated family time, and a little bit of laughter. I hope that this has been a great episode for you to listen to. I would love your feedback. The most critical piece of keeping the Selfish Mom Academy up and running is me getting feedback from you. I want to know what you want and I want to know what you think. So make sure that you hop over to iTunes and leave us a review to let us know what you loved about this episode and what you'd love to hear in the future. And thank you so much for tuning in. I can't wait to hear from you and see you or listen with you, I guess, and speak to you on the next Selfish Mom Academy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.